Hey everyone, welcome to the 10th episode of the In The Lead Show. I'm Tyler Zai, uh, the host of In The Lead, and I'm really excited because today we get to bring with to you an interview with Michael Hellickson. We're gonna dive deep into what made Michael so successful so fast in real estate. He's a former top producing agent who has sold hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of houses and has tons of advice for agents looking to scale up their business to that level and breaks it down in something that's really, really a pretty simple to follow game plan. So I look forward to sharing this with you. It's a great, great episode. Um, tune in for some great tips. I'm sure you'll, you'll grab some pen and paper and write down some of the things Michael has to say because some of it's just just really liquid gold there. So uh, Tyler with Easy Agent Pro, let's get into it. Hey, this is Tyler, and I'm really excited about the guest we have on the program today. We have Michael Hellickson. Uh, he's a coach now for real estate agents and former top producer. He's sort of just talking with Michael before we started recording here. He's just a serial entrepreneur, tons of great sales advice and tips for agents looking to grow what they're doing and scale their business in 2015 and beyond. So uh, today we're going to go over the top tactics, strategies, systems he's used to both become a top producer in the past and then help other top producers up their game. Some of the stats he was telling me just are crazy. So I'm really excited to have him on the program, really excited to dig deep in the things that make him tick in life and things that he teaches agents that make them, you know, do better and focus on ways that they can grow their business. So welcome to the program, Michael. I appreciate that. Thank you so much, Tyler. It's really an honor to be on your show. Yeah, no problem. It's uh, glad we could set some time aside here and uh, hop on Skype and, and do a quick interview here. So um, like, let's get right into it. I was reading your bio on your website and it sounded like you, you went from like zero to just like going like full, full notch in this real estate thing. And, and I thought that was crazy. Like what made you so successful so quickly in real estate back when you were selling, you know, residential real estate? Well, you know, it started off, the, the, I think the, the first thing I did was, uh, you know, I went out and I tried it for a year on my own and, and just, I was working 100 hour weeks, no joke, I was literally working 100, 100 hours a week. Uh, there were nights that I literally slept in the office and this was before I worked from home and, uh, and I was just, I was spinning like a hamster on a wheel, I was burning out. Uh, and then I took the two years off, went and served a mission for the church, came back and uh, got started back in real estate again. And when I came back, I, I had a lot of time to think while I was on my mission, right? I had mm -hmm. two years to figure out, okay, what am, how am I gonna do this different when I get back? And so the first thing I did when I got back was I hired a coach and uh, got one of the industry's top coaches and he made it very clear to me. The, the, the words he said to me were, Michael, if you don't have an assistant, you are one. <laughs> so <laughs> that struck a chord with me. So very early in my career, I hired a, uh, a real estate assistant, and uh, man, I got to tell you, she made all the difference in the world for me and allowed me to focus on uh, kind of working on the business instead of working in the business. I still was working in the business. I was going on listing appointments and prospecting, all that kind of stuff, um, but it allowed me to not have to do the mundane day-to-day, -day, you know, 7 to $10 an hour kind of stuff and really focus on the $100 an hour kind of stuff. Right. So what's that look like when like that first month after the mission in compared to the first month or maybe even the 12th month before, like hour-wise, were you able to reduce your hours or was it just spending the hours differently? Well, I didn't get into the coaching program until about my third month back. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So I spent, you know, three months trying to figure out which coach I was going to go with. Right. Um, yeah. I got some advice from my broker, talked to some other agents in the area and other agents I knew in other parts of the country. And that's when I chose my coach. And at that point, Two things happened. One, I hired, I, you know, hired the coach, hired the assistant, but then the coach 
helped me figure out that I needed to be on a perfect daily schedule. So I had to literally design a schedule that from A to Z told me exactly what I had to do every single day. Yeah, and that's exactly what I did. And so instead of you know waking up and then figuring out what I wanted to do for work for the day, I knew the night before that okay, you need to you know at, from eight o'clock till noon you're prospecting. From noon to twelve thirty you're returning phone calls and emails. From twelve thirty to one you're you know whatever. I mean it, it just having that perfect daily schedule and and structuring it in such a way that it forced me to succeed. Mm-hmm. All the difference in the world. All the difference in the world. That's incredibly. I mean. That's something I do in my own personal life, and I, I really hope other people listen to what you just said because you, I mean, otherwise you go into the office and even these days I don't know when that was, but like you have a hundred emails in your inbox from the night before that are just sitting there waiting to distract you. You know, and you can get so caught up in putting out those fires that you never get to the things that actually build your business or make you successful, and then all of a sudden you're out of business and you're not getting hundreds of emails. So. Well, that's just it. I mean, you end up being a fireman. You spend all your time putting out fires and none of your time actually working on your business. Mm-hmm. So what did that look like? What what did it mean to be actually working on your business? Were there three things, five things? What were those things that meant you were working on your business? There are a lot of components. Number one is right. prospecting. You know, when you start off in real estate, you either have money or you have time. And most people don't have both. Mm-hmm. In fact, for newer agents, you generally have time, more time than money. Yeah. And, and so for newer agents, it really does. It comes down to a lot of prospecting. Um, you're calling you know, expired listings for sale by owners. You're, you're calling notices of default, probates, uh, bankruptcy attorneys. You're, you're calling, obviously, your sphere of influence. Um, and and it, t- it takes an awful lot of work to kind of get the train moving down the track, so to speak. The good news is that once you start getting that train moving down the track, even a little bit, all of a sudden now you've got a little bit of money and if you're, if you're careful with how you spend your money, if you budget really carefully, you, you live below your means and you take that extra money now that you have coming in and instead of going out and buying a bunch of fun new stuff, if you reinvest it into your business and specifically in terms of producing leads, this is absolutely mission critical. You got to have a constant pipeline of leads coming in and you want to have leads from several different sources. So to the extent that you can do that with that whatever money you've got coming in, all of a sudden now you go from chasing business to attracting business. Right. And that's like an incredible like change that you yeah. can do. It, it, what what was it that made you like take this so seriously? Like it seemed like you all of a sudden like flipped a switch one day and started going into real estate and, and started, you know, really motivate it like this. What what was it that made you start going after that dream? Uh, here's the thing. My my feeling is if something's worth doing, it's worth doing right the first time. Yeah, and I and I just don't do anything halfway. I, I don't believe in it. If I'm if I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it. If I'm gonna be in real estate, I'm gonna be the best I can at it. Yeah. Now I'll be honest with you. I didn't start off with the goal that hey, I'm gonna be the number one real estate agent in the country. That came as a result of daily focus and living that daily schedule. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't my outright goal. My goal was simply that. I want to be successful with this and I'll be darned if I'm going to lose. I'm, I'm not going to come into this business and be a failure. And in, here's the thing, my first year in the business, mm-hmm. I felt like I was a failure but everybody in my office thought I was this big success, <laughs> you know, because yeah. I was in the million dollar producers club, you know. I mean, we, I love how agents love to give each other awards for being broke. <laughs> so. uh, I, I totally resonate with those feelings of like everyone telling you you're winning and then you're just- you just don't feel that way inside, but what was Seriously, it's like being Charlie Sheen, right? I'm winning. Yeah, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> you're the only one that believes that, buddy. <laughs> uh, so what? What like what were those 
what did you want to hit? You talked a lot about winning and losing there. Was it some number? Was it some level of transactions? Was it what was it there that was guiding that? Well, so I started off. Uh, remember, I was a young guy. At this point, yeah. I was 21 years old, and I said, you know what? I'm going to start off. I want to make a hundred thousand dollars a year. Okay. That was my initial goal. And back then, you know, I mean, I'm I'm millions of years old, right? So that was a lot of money back then, you know. And you could you could buy a whole abacus with that back then. Right. So you know, I I decided that I wanted to hit that hundred thousand dollars a year. And so part of that decision making process was. I'm not going to take advice from anybody that has not attained $100,000 a year in their career. Oh. And so because you, there's more bad advice than good advice. Mm -hmm. There's there's everybody's willing to give you free advice and it's worth about what you paid for it, right? <laughs> Pretty and much, so, yeah. Yeah. And so I just said I'm not going to take advice from anybody who makes less than $100,000 a year and that worked well for me. And then when I got to that point, which happened very quickly, a lot faster than I thought it would, um, I, I changed and now it was, okay, I'm not going to take advice from anybody that makes less than $250,000 a year. Oh, and nice. then my next goal was 500 and then it was a million and then by, by the time you start getting up into a million, million and a half, you're down to a handful of people around the country that you can really take advice from. Mm -hmm. So, and, and what's the biggest change from your perspective, like whether you call those people coaches, mentors, whatever you want to call them, like what's the biggest change from taking advice from someone who's at that, let's say $100,000 level to someone who's at that? Five hundred thousand, and then to someone who's one million plus, is there is there some change in the level of perception they have, or what did you see there? Well, first of all, it, it, there's there's a huge difference between a coach and a mentor. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I mean, mentors, you know, they'll give you advice, they'll they'll share thoughts and ideas with you, and they're probably somebody that's been in the business, that's done well in the business, and that's great. A coach is going to hold you accountable to your goals. They're mm -hmm. gonna they're gonna give you the structure on how to do it. Um, and so it's it's a very different thing, and you need both. I think you need both. I also think you need mastermind groups. Okay. Uh, mastermind groups is a very big deal. So, Go ahead. So you hired one coach, then like three months in after you got back, and then yeah. he he or she he helped you um, hit that that level you wanted to hit, and then you had several mentors and mastermind groups going on at the same time. I did. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and here's the thing: you want one coach. You don't want to have two or three coaches because a good coach is going to give you a lot of homework. You're going to be busy doing a lot <laughs> yep. of stuff to keep up with your coach. Uh, and they're going to be holding you accountable to those results. So it's really almost impossible to coach with two people at the same time. Mentorship is a little bit different because a mentor, you're probably not communicating with them as often as you're communicating with your coach. Mm -hmm. You might be talking to your mentor once a month, once every other month, something like that. Uh, and a mastermind group, that's something that you're going to get together with. Generally speaking, it depends on the type of mastermind group you're with. Uh, but you're probably going to be getting together with them about once a quarter. Yep. Uh, and so it's, it's, there, there's just different things and all of it matters. And yes, you hit the nail on the head as you go from you know, 100 to 250 to 500 to a million to a million and a half to 5 million or whatever. Right. Um, the mindset is very, very different. Uh, you know, one of our coaching clients, jo, uh, Joellen, she, uh, her best year, she did 4.9, uh, uh, what is it, uh, I'm sorry, that's not true, $10.1 million in commissions on 49 transactions. Wow. So do the math on that. $10.1 right. million in 49 transactions, their average sales price was, I think, $4.5 million. Right. Um, now, for most people, that's, most people can't comprehend that. Mm -hmm. you know, it, it, that's just way, way beyond their current comprehension. You know, they're happy if they can sell five, six homes a year. 
And so you definitely get into a very different mindset of individuals. I mean, then, then you go from, you know, she's obviously a luxury agent, but then you go into the production agents. You know, when you've got a guy doing five, six hundred transactions a year, he's thinking at a very different level than somebody who's doing five, six, or even 50 or 60 transactions a year. Yeah, and so what tip do you have for, or strategy for picking someone that matches with, because I, I can imagine a lot of people watching this, they don't know where they fit in any of those types of niches you just described, you know, uh, what would you give them as like a way to get started finding that coach or finding that mentor or even one of those three things that they could do to start getting influence to get better at what they're doing business-wise? Well, I think that, you know, first it's, there's a lot of mentors out there. There's a lot of people you can talk to and get advice from. But again, there's a it, that becomes almost information overload. I had a conversation with a coaching client today, and I said, "Dude, you got to stop going to seminars. You got to stop, you know, getting online and watching a million things. And you got to you got to stop, uh, you know, going to these different events." It's said, right now you need to get your perfect daily schedule dialed in. You got to get serious about your day. You're so busy trying to learn all this stuff, you're not implementing any of it. Um, and so I would say the first step is get your day figured out. Then I would get your, I would say the coach comes before the mentor. And the reason the coach comes before the mentor, whenever possible, if the funds will allow it, is because the coach will hold you accountable. Um, now, that being said, I do also think you need mentorship. I think it's important to reach out to people mm -hmm. that are producing at the level you expect to produce at. And I think, again, it's important to be in those mastermind groups. But I don't think you can have one without the other. But if I had to choose an order, I'd right. start with the coach. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, I know I personally have all three in multiples. We have one coach, but in terms of mentorships, there are like tons of them, probably about five to ten. And then the mastermind groups, people who are doing what we're doing. And it, it just is, you think what you should be doing is this list of ten things, and then you go talk to these people, and you're like, Oh, why did I think that? Or like a month later, you look back and you you finally understand what they're trying to tell you. There's just you you can't really see yourself sometimes. When we want to think we can because we're entrepreneurs and you know really self motivated and really driven uh, internally, but sometimes you can't really see what you what you are and some of the perception mistakes you have. You know, even even today, I have a coach. I, you know, I, I think that throughout your career, regardless of where you're at. You need a coach. Mm -hmm. You need somebody holding you accountable. You need somebody that is, like you say, they can see the forest for the trees, right? They're, right. they're looking at your business from an outside perspective with an objective view with a very serious focus on making you more profitable and giving you a better quality of life. I mean, that's that's what a coach should be doing, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so because you're paying them to do it, the level of responsibility is very different than when you go talk to your buddy about it, right. you know? It's, it's great to have buddies that are good producers and get their advice, and that's all fine and good. But at the end of the day, they got their own business to run. They're not invested in your business. Mm -hmm. So you need somebody that's both been there, done that, and is going to be invested in your business at a high level. Right. So I'm sure you've seen like a lot of different agents, you even talked about two earlier, who are using very different methodologies to hit their goals. Like what's the number one trait you see or thing that people do? Um, that is common amongst all top producers, whether they're doing luxury homes, whether they're doing 100, 500 listings, whether they're selling, you know, and mostly buyers agents, what is it that you see that keeps them, you know, that unifies all of them? I keep coming back to it, and I, and I kid you not, it really is this simple. It's living on that perfect daily schedule. Mm -hmm. um, so and, let's you know, get in, so like perfect daily schedule, yeah. like that can mean, that, that could mean a lot. So 
Um, I know I have a schedule and I do very specific tasks, but what's like, what's that look like? What's perfect mean to you there? Well, it's different for everybody. There are some key uh, things that have to happen within that perfect daily schedule. We actually have different templates for perfect daily schedules for different people based on where they're at in their business. Mm -hmm. So if you're a single agent, if you're the lone ranger agent kind of trying to get out there and make it happen on your own, there's a template for that. And that template, you can you can adjust that template based on your goals. I mean, if, if you want to be the top agent in your market mm -hmm. uh, in the next 12 to 24 months, that's going to take work. And the reality is you're probably going to be working close to a 70-hour week. Right. Uh, you know, for the next, but but the good news is that's temporary. Uh, you know, but I have agents that, that we coach that they they want to do well, they want to make more money, they want to double their income, but they don't necessarily want to quadruple their income. And so instead of a seventy-hour week, they might be working a forty or fifty-hour week. Um, and so their schedule, their perfect daily schedule, is going to be similar, but it's going to be a little bit different than that agent that just says, "No, I'll, I want to be the top agent in my market in twenty-four months." And so let's break that down into categories. And so if if we have a perfect schedule. Is it like four things that make it up? I know you said there, there's prospecting, there's system building, there's follow-ups. What, what, what are the things that you fit into there? Every single thing you're going to do that day yep. needs to be pre-planned. Okay. Everything. So every, so I've got my prospecting time. Mm -hmm. I've got my uh, returning emails and phone calls. I've got my social media time. And, and I, I kid you not, your social media time needs to be planned. It does, yep. <laughs> Absolutely, and it, and it needs to be limited. Yeah, there needs <laughs> so. to be like, I mean, I, I actually like set a timer on my iPhone. It, it's for any task, whether it's getting to email zero or whether it's, you know, doing loading up buffer with a ton of social media posts, whatever it is, like there's a timer set because if you don't do that, all of a sudden, you know, you've been answering emails for two hours when you're supposed to do like 10 other things. Um, I love you use buffer, by the way. Yeah, I, there, <laughs> That's I, awesome. I can live without it. But um, awesome. I agree. Uh, there's something there I was going to ask. So, if you're doing all these things, I, I suppose you have to, before you set the perfect daily schedule, then you have to sort of have some business plan that defines the lead generation tactics that you're going to use. So then you can mirror your perfect schedule with the business plan or now, explain that. You know, it's, it kills me. People talk about a, a business plan. Right, sure. What really is a business plan? I'll be honest with you. I became the top agent in the country without a business plan. I was doing over 100 transactions a month with no business plan. So I'm not a big believer in mm -hmm. quote business plans. What I'm a believer in is taking action and taking very specific action on a daily basis. So here's the thing. First, schedule it. First say, I'm going to spend this much time prospecting. Then here's, here's the thing. You can choose the action or you can choose right. the consequence, but you can't choose both. <laughs> so if you say, I want to make this much money, then and, and here's where I am today, I'll tell you what it takes to get there, but you don't get to choose what it takes to get there. If you want to choose to what it takes to get there, then you're not choosing where you want to be. Right. You're choosing what you're going to do. And so, so but, the, when, but at what point do you define what those actions or consequences are going to be? Because that, that, that like clearly impacts the daily schedule, right? Or, sort of. Yeah. It's the, but you, but it's, it's the tail wagging the dog. Right. So <laughs> you don't get to choose what you're going to do. First, you have to choose when you're going to do it. So you have to set that time out in your schedule. For, for example, if you want to conquer the world as an agent, if you want to be the top agent in the country, you're going to be prospecting at least four hours a day. That's what mm -hmm. you're going to do. You know, if, if you want to do that in the beginning, uh, and that won't always be the case, you know, when I got momentum behind me, I, I, I literally, I, I didn't make any cold calls, I didn't make any expired or physical calls or any of that kind of stuff. All I did was lead follow-up because right. all, I had so much stuff coming into me, I literally made 125 follow-up calls per day, which mm -hmm. is a very different world. And so 
what do you what what you're doing is not going to be dependent on your schedule. Your schedule is going to determine how much time you do it, and where you're at in your business is going to determine what you're going to do. Yeah, so, that's a that's like a really cool thing. Yeah, we'll break that down and put that in a quote or something on the blog. So I think that's something that will really help change the perspective of a lot of a lot of people, a lot of agents out there. Um, how often do you adjust that? perfect schedule is that something that you like live with for the rest of you know a year a month or is that something you're constantly grooming every quarter every month how often do you adjust that you it's it's a dynamic document mm -hmm. but the reality is you want to adhere very very closely to that at that stage in your business the time to really make massive adjustments to it is as you grow your team Oh. So when you hire your first assistant, your schedule is going to change quite a bit. When you start hiring buyers agents, your schedule is going to change mm -hmm. quite a bit. When you hire your first listing agent, it's going to change quite a bit. Um, as you go from chasing business to attracting business, it's going to change quite a bit. Um, so it really depends on where you are in your business and a lot on who you have on your team. Mm -hmm. So it sounds so. Let's say let's take another scenario here. Uh, let's say you've invest your time, you're starting you know, to attract business and chasing business. Are there, what are the top three places or what are the places you generally recommend people to start investing the money that their business is earning, like you said earlier, to start attracting more business? Are there, are there places where you typically recommend people start investing or um, how, where do you start with that? First of all, immediately. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the second you have a dime, you just need to start investing in lead generation. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, that's just, you got to have leads, period. I mean, that's the most important thing in your business. People ask me, Michael, I want to go into the real estate business. I say, whoa, 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 whoa. First of all, you're not going into the real estate business. You're going into the lead generation business. Exactly. <laughs> There's a difference. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, I, I think it's great that you love real estate and you love houses and all that, but that's not what the business is. The business is lead generation. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so all that other stuff's a byproduct of it. So that being said, where would I invest it? I'd, I'd invest it with you guys right off the bat. That's one place. And I, and I know you didn't ask yeah. me to come on here no. for, to plug you guys. But I mean, it's true. I mean, here's the thing. The number one thing you have to have is listings. Everybody mm -hmm. says, oh, it's buyers are so great. And yeah, no, they're not. It takes 10 times as much time to screw around with the buyers it does to, to take care of a seller. Uh, and you make more money on the seller side. People say, oh, no, you make less money. No, the way I do it, you make way more money working on the seller side. Right. Um, and you can, when you have listings, you get leverage. When you have leverage, you can create dollars in more ways. You can get the buyer leads for free. Buyer leads don't cost a thing when you have listings. Mm -hmm. So I would focus uh, as much of my time, effort, energy, literally 90% of the Lone Ranger's day uh, should be spent bringing in listings. That's what they need to do. So just to challenge you on that just a little bit, um, so let's say the newer agent is listening to this and they've been told they don't have experience to get that listing. What's one or some ways they can overcome that? <laughs> when I was 18 years old, I was in high school, got mm -hmm. my license. So I turned 18 in January. Got my license in March, and I was the top producing agent in my office before graduation. Mm -hmm. So don't don't tell me you don't have the experience. Oh, and by the way, I was taking listings at eight percent, and I was paying the selling office two and a half percent. I didn't know any better. So how much money was I making on those? I was killing it. Yeah, uh, you know, compared to the other agents in the office, and I knew nothing about real so estate. Was that just persistence, like going, going persistently going after these people, or was there some tactic you used outside of that? Well, first of all, I was too stupid to know what I didn't know. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I really didn't know what I didn't know. So, second of all, remember Ben Affleck in the movie Boiler Room? Have you yeah. seen that? Yep. <laughs> his, his, the best quote ever, act as if. 
You know, if you're not successful yet, act as if you are. That doesn't mean be arrogant. I'm not talking about that. There's no room for arrogance here, but you need to have confidence in yourself. And here's the thing. Go out and get in the business. If you don't know how to handle it, there are plenty of people around you that will help you figure it out. You've got a broker. You Hopefully, you've got a coach. You've got great agents around you. You go get the listing. People will help you figure out how to sell it. Oh, and by the way, when you get a listing, you just deputized every single agent in the multiple listing service to now work for you. You pretty much did, yeah. So Yeah, that's great advice. We'll definitely break that down. So real estate's changing a lot. Like there's a lot of tech. You, you talk about our tech, whatever. Like where do you see this business going in five years? Uh, do you see tech doing more or less? So where do you see this going? There's no question tech's going to do more. Uh, I mean, it's already happening. We talked about this. You know, I've been talking about this for 10 years where the industry is moving forward. People thought real estate agents were going to become a thing of the past. You know, when, when Zillow and Redfin and uh, Trulia, when, they, when, these, when these platforms started coming out, people thought real estate agents are going to be a thing of the past. In fact, when the internet came out, everybody thought we were losing our jobs as real estate agents. <laughs> And, Boy, and wrong. <laughs> I, I know it sounds isn't it's sick and wrong that I know when the internet came out you weren't even born yet but uh, not, yeah. <laughs> I'm just but but I do and every, and that was the th the talk on the street was we're all going to be out of business no that's not what's going to happen what's going to happen is agents have to get smarter agents have to get more strategic agents have to in, instead of fighting that technology instead of saying well darn that Zillow I'm going to fight against Zillow I'm not going to you know no you embrace that technology you need to become one of the key players with that technology you guys have a platform for example that attracts sellers look rather than saying well I don't I'm so tired of having to pay these guys quit trying to change the world mm -hmm. you can be right or you can be rich and what I suggest is go be rich. So go embrace Tyler's technology. Go hire these guys. You know, go hire all kinds of different uh, places, all kinds of different lead sources that are technology based, because they're going to get better and better and better and better, like it or not, with or without you. They're going to get better and better and better. The key is, are you going to be part of that wave, or are you going to be crushed underneath it? Yeah, that's that's pretty darn good. I don't really have anything to add on top of that. Um, so we'd like to sort of switch. Tone, I guess, or, or change of pace at the end of these uh, conversations, and just ask a few static questions to everyone. And so, like, what do, is there a favorite book you recommend here? You know, the people you coach, or is there a book or you know recording or source that you'd like to constantly recommend or gift to people? It depends on what level the agent's at. Mm -hmm. For a newer agent, I'm going to recommend probably Secrets of the World Class by Steve Siebold. Okay. Uh, it's a very good book. Obviously, The Millionaire Real Estate Agent, which is uh, Gary Keller's book. It's a great book to kind of give you a, an overview of what does this look like. You know, if I want to become a, a millionaire real estate agent, and pretty much any, most people that go into the business have that in their mind. Yeah. And so that's a great book to read. I mean, it's, it's hard to say no to that one. Uh, if you have a team, uh, one of the books that I recommend is um, the, five excuse me, the Five Dysfunctions of a Team. Uh, that's very, very important. You need to understand that book mm -hmm. and you need to implement it uh, in your business. Okay. No, that's great. Yeah, I've, been, I've read the first two, but I didn't read the last one, so I'll definitely go check that out. Um, let, me, that let, me, let me throw two more at you. Yeah. You need to, everybody needs to read Dave, uh, Dave Ramsey's uh, Money Makeover, the yep. total money makeover, uh, especially real estate agents because real estate agents tend to like to buy expensive cars and live a little bit beyond their means. Yeah. And I will tell you, that's one of the things that I think served me well throughout my career is, uh, you know, I, I've, I've tended to always live well below my means. And I've put a lot of money aside and it's helped me get through the lean times. And the lean times will come. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. So you, you've got to put that money aside. The other one that I would recommend, it's another money book, is The Richest Man in Babylon. Uh, 
by George Clausen, and uh, that's one that you should have your kids read. As soon as your kids turn about eight years old, they need to start reading that book as well. Awesome. So. Well, thanks for those tips. Uh, is so. What's something that you've learned throughout these years in, in real estate that you, you wish you would have known when you started? It sounds like you might have hit upon that earlier, but is it really the coach thing? It is. I, I, if, if I had to, I mean, I wasted my first year in real estate. Right. I, I really did. I, I mean, it was it was stupid. I, I spent a lot of time trying to figure stuff out on my own. If I had a coach, I could have been making a lot more money a lot faster, would have been a lot happier, and I wouldn't have been working 100-hour weeks. And right. Or if so, you would have, you would have, it would have been, the energy would have been put into the right things instead of yeah. things that just don't produce down the road. Um, yep. Yeah, it, it, tons of great advice, Michael. Where, where can people find out more about you or, you know, if they're interested in coaching with you, where, where can they find out all this information? Well, I'll tell you what, if, if people want to get a copy of my uh, my Perfect Daily Schedule, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the template for the Lone Ranger uh, Perfect Daily Schedule, I say the Lone Ranger, that's the agent, that's the single yeah, agent. Yeah. We've got different ones for each each type of person, you know, whether it's a team leader or a buyer's agent or whatever, but if you'd like to get a copy of that and, uh, and, and even do uh, a one-on-one call with me, I'd be happy to do that. And you would just go to clubwealth.com forward slash strategy session. Uh, and what we'll do is we'll take a look at your business. Figure out where you're at and where you're trying to get, and it won't cost you anything. I'll just do it as my way of kind of giving back. And uh, the reality is, a lot of people that do this with me end up coaching with me, but right, right. it's not a sales call. It really is, you know, we're going to spend time looking at you and your business and where you're at and where you want to go. And I'm going to give you a blueprint on how to get there in the next 12 months. Right. Yeah. We'll link that up in the video. We um, probably can click on that as he's saying that. We'll usually link that up that way. Um, so do check that out. I mean, I, I know I'm going to go reflect on my perfect daily schedule after this. It's a, it's a, it's, it's there, but it's not quite there yet. So I'll go look at that. Um, and just like wrapping things up, like what's your life look like outside of real estate, uh, now or back when you were selling? I spend a lot of time nowadays. I spend a lot of time with my wife and kids. Uh, we've got a 13 and a 14 year old. We like to do a lot of hiking, a lot of camping, spend a lot of time with church functions. We, uh, my wife is very active in the young women's program there. And, uh, we just, we really just enjoy being with our family and friends and, uh, doing stuff outdoors really. Awesome. Well, it's been great talking with you, Michael. I know I've learned things. I'm very confident our, our listenership and readership will, will learn a ton from you. So, uh, Thank you for your time and uh, thanks for your advice and, and strategies and tactics. It's been, it's been fantastic. Thanks for having me. Appreciate right. it. Have a great day. Hey, everyone. This is Tyler with Easy Agent Pro. Thanks for watching. Thanks for uh, listening on podcasts, on YouTube, wherever you're listening. Uh, if you do us a favor and subscribe, 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 we'd really love it. that help us out. Um, like I've said in the past, if you have any questions you want us to personally answer for you, about every other, every third episode is an Ask Ty edition where we answer your questions directly. So uh, just hit us up at easyagentpro.com slash ask, and you can ask anything that you want about you know marketing, lead gen, conversion, whatever you want. Um, and then do check out easyagentpro.com slash lead sites. Uh, it is the main sponsor that brings all this amazing free content to you for free. So I'm Tyler with Easy Agent Pro. Talk with you next time.